The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. So let's get to it. I want to follow on uh, something that we kicked off the show with yesterday. And there's some cautious optimism, really, I think it's fair to say today, as stakeholders digest the news. We first told you about 24 hours ago that the province of Alberta has reinstated the 1976 coal policy. The move came about after massive backlash from many Albertans concerned about what mountaintop removal mining would mean for the land it's happening on, the province's water supply and of course the livelihood of farmers and ranchers uh, in the affected areas. Uh, With more reaction we're joined this afternoon by Chris Smith. Chris is the lead on coal issues and also a parks coordinator with Canadian Parks and Wildlife Society. Hi Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so uh, I heard someone say yesterday that uh, people weren't ready to pop the champagne uh, but they might be ready to crack a beer open. That's how they were feeling when it came to uh, maybe celebrating or you know the news that they heard yesterday when we talk about cautious optimism is that where you are and your organization is as well yes so um we applaud the government for having um taken the steps they have um and recognized that there was a lot of albertans who had a lot of concerns about um what rescinding this policy would mean, um, what was going to be happening with the um, the Rocky Mountains Eastern Slopes. And so uh, it does sound like they have listened to that backlash, to that outcry. Um, and so now uh, the hope and optimism is seeing where they go from here with it. Where they go from here. So much I want to get into um, with you, Chris. Let's start with this talk about the public consultation. I mean, um, the minister yesterday saying it would be thorough and uh, wanting to hear from folks. And and I'm guessing it's it's more important than ever right now um, that those people who spoke up and, and used their voices over the past number of mo- months get involved in this process as well. Absolutely. Um, I mean... To have put all this energy and um, effort into getting the government to listen, well, now we have their attention. So uh, while it's, yes, take a small moment to celebrate um, that your voices were heard, that your efforts did not go unnoticed, but now isn't the time to, to put everything aside because now that we have their attention, now it's time to let our thoughts actually be heard on the matter. This is where the, uh, the really important work starts. You know what, Chris? How surprised? How surprised was uh, CPAWS with with the announcement? We heard some rumblings that something might be coming, uh, some changes might be made. How, how surprised were you with the fact that it was reinstated? Um, I would say we were probably as surprised as everybody else. Um, yeah. yeah, we had sort of heard rumblings that uh, something might be happening, and we didn't really know what. Um, and so far, the, the government really hasn't backed off many of their policy decisions mm-hmm. to date. Um, one of the only examples I can think of in recent memory was the parks decision, where they sort of uh, walked back a bit on their optimizing operator parks plan. So, mm-hmm. um Really, uh, yeah, we were kind of taken aback by it just as as much as everybody else. Although we are um, 
as I said, relatively pleased with what was announced in it. Uh, we still do have some lingering concerns. Well, some of those lingering concerns in, in, in the news release that uh, your organization sent out, um, one of the things that I highlighted, highlighted was this statement. Given their commitment to consultation, it is premature that the Alberta government is also stating they are seriously considering expanding the coal mining industry in the Rockies. Can you expand uh, on that? Because I know, um, again, devil's in the details, isn't it, Chris? And yeah, I think there's... <laughs> As we as we spend a little more time digging into it, we're finding and you know maybe finding some areas where we can still question, and I, I think that is one of those areas for you. Yeah, so I can get a bit into it here. Um, basically, we have a few outstanding concerns. Um, one of them is the the actual terminology that the minister used, um, in that she specifically stated that there would be no mountaintop removal mining. Um, while that sounds great on paper. Um, I don't want to say it's, it's completely a buzzword, but um, a mountaintop removal mining isn't mentioned anywhere in the coal policy um, mm-hmm. at all. Uh, they mentioned surface mining, but we still don't know if mountaintop removal covers all surface mining. Does it cover strip mining? Does it cover other styles of mining um, along that kind of gradient yeah. of different types of operations? Um, so we're kind of waiting for a bit of clarity from the minister to elaborate on that and what exactly um, is covered by those restrictions. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know one, if you were right? going to reply there. Um, no, that's okay. No, I was just going to say, you know, that was I was going to ask you about that, but but that's a big one there. I mean, if, if you're saying, if you've used that language, what does it mean for other things, right? I think that is a really important point that uh, has been, has now been, you know, under underscored as we take a closer look at this. Right, because, I mean, I don't think it's just the mountaintops that people are worried about. I think it's the fact that it's mining within the Rockies and the mm-hmm. Of values. I mean, everybody has different concerns uh, related to it about what's mobilized them on this, but um, it's not just cutting the top off a mountain. There's other types of surface mining that can also have very detriment, have just as detrimental impacts. Um, so we just want to make sure that the, the language that's being used isn't excluding um, issues that we're then going to have to fight the government again on later down the road. Yeah, and, 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 and your team's agreeing that the coal policy needs to be updated. What, you know, when it comes to updating it, what would you like to see um, put in uh, an updated policy or even legislation if it if it was uh, to, to go to that point? Yeah, so I mean, we do agree um, and agree with the government on that, that the policy was outdated, the most of it. Um, what we didn't agree with was the that they felt the, the coal categories um, were no longer relevant. And that's where, was, where a lot of the discussions happened around those, those categories, one, two, three, four, that basically um, gave direction to um, the public and the bureaucracy on where what types of coal mining could happen where in the Rockies, whether it was no coal mining, whether it was only subsurface, uh, whether surface mining was allowed and all that. Um, we think that something like that is really needed. And when the government removed the policy, they basically didn't put anything in place um, to take up the slack, basically. Um, Really where that sort of large-scale provincial land planning is happening is through the Alberta Land Stewardship Act, um, which we have and was passed back in 2008. And that's where the government has been doing a lot of this large-scale planning. What do we want to do on the land base when we have multiple concerns, recreational, uh, industrial, commercial, and that? So we would really like to see it happen within a a more holistic framework. with multiple values being considered at once and where, what value, what society values in that 
trade-off. Um, do we want a coal mine, and are we okay if it diminishes recreation and tourism in the area, and potentially water quality and environmental values, or do we prefer other things to be promoted in those areas? So. This is really where the consultation aspect is going to be super important. And I think this is why it took two years to develop the original coal policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it highlights why it's important to take the time because this last one lasted us 40 plus years and had a huge impact on what happened in the province. So this one could last just as long and it's important we get it right. You're, you're calling on much more transparency with the provincial government as as we move forward. And why the call for more transparency? Um, what what has sparked uh, those concerns, Chris? I think it's just the idea that the the government feels the very focused on that they have a mandate and they are trying to move quickly and effectively to implement that mandate. Um, however. It's not always clear um, to the public, especially, how those decisions are being made um, and the criteria that's being used to inform those decisions. So what makes us a bit distrustful in the government was that, well, they were meeting with coal lobbyists and coal companies before they announced the removal of the policy. Um, And the public didn't find out about it really until the day they announced it on a Friday afternoon before the May long weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just feels a little bit disingenuous. It could have been completely fine but it, it it makes you wonder why and then yes as we dug it more into it we're like well them having done this creates all these other problems and people might want to know about this and that's when us as an organization started talking about it but as we can see it took until like was it seven months uh, yeah. before the public finally caught on to it um, and convinced uh, the government to change course but if that hadn't happened um, all this would have been going on kind of out of the public's eye. But Chris, we do know that there are six projects that are still allowed to conduct exploration activities. How concerned uh, is the organization? How concerned are you with that? And, and and what does that look like for those areas where this is happening right now? So um, with the exploration, uh, it does involve quite a bit of land disturbance, um, just in terms of uh, removing the timber, creating the access roads, um, doing the the test uh, sites. There there is a fair bit of of disturbance that's involved with that. Um, But I think some of the concerns that we have is that, well, yes, these six exploration permits are proceeding, um, but then that raises the question, well, then is there an expectation on behalf of that company that if they're going to do exploration, are they going to be able to develop it? Uh, because obviously they're not going to put a bunch of money into exploring something mm-hmm. when the government's just going to close it all down because of what the public decides in consultations, possibly. Um, so it, it, we have seen examples where once coal mine leases have gotten their foot in the door, they stay there. Um, mm-hmm. And we've seen that with a lot of the current coal leases, that um, over the last several decades, a number of coal lease applications had been made. And as soon as the policy was rescinded, those all, many of those, the majority of them, transferred into full leases. Um, and it's just, if the government doesn't want, and the public doesn't want those to be developed there, well, now we need to start paying out companies to get those leases back. 
Hey, Chris, it sounds like, you know, I mean, this was, uh, you know, this was a this was a win, but it still sounds there's there's still a lot of work ahead uh, for for those who are opposed uh, to this uh, mountaintop removal uh, mining to to what is happening uh, on the eastern slopes. And uh, I, I think that you you still have a big battle ahead of you, but you certainly have caught the attention of, uh, of a lot of Albertans, which wasn't there, let's say, eight months ago. And I know some new polling and I'll get into that coming up shortly as well as showing that uh, a majority of Albertans are, 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 are not feeling too good about what's happening as well. Chris, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon and I look forward to talking to you again as we continue to follow along with what happens uh, and, and I know that you're going to be front and center on those consultation processes, uh, that, that process as well. Thank you for this. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. You betcha. Chris Smith joining us this afternoon. He's the lead on coal issues with Canadian Parks and Wildlife Society.